Edwards, the coffee with the action of Winterlet brings you three editors. office written and told by Hal Purdy. Tonight, an appealing story of a boy whose ideas of what he wanted in life were changed by the war. Hal's story titled, Deep Roots. How could he hope to make them see much as he loved them that he'd changed? That the war had opened his eyes to a new world as remote from this little valley as another planet. That he wasn't coming back to the treadmill of farm drudgery, whose pleats were made of interminable chores to walk through his life in one place never getting anywhere. And yet... Some way they had to be told. Friends, when the evening meal is over and you're looking forward to that first cup of after dinner coffee, what you want then is a really good cup of coffee. And that's why once you taste Edwards coffee, it's likely to become your favorite brand. Because Edwards coffee never lets you down, it always gives you a keen coffee pleasure you expect. Yes, a wonderful extra flavor lift. That's really satisfying. Now, naturally, a coffee that can do that is not produced by chance. No, every pound of Edwards coffee is made under the exclusive Edwards formula. Only the choicest Latin American coffees are used for the Edwards blend. The beans are actually selected for size, shape, and color. Blended by flavor, not by weight, then roasted under the controlled thermal process. And all under Mr. Dwight Edwards' personal supervision to give you exceptional coffee. Coffee with an extra flavor lift. Try Edwards coffee, friends. Choose your favorite grind. Regular, drip, or the new pulverized grind. Specially prepared for Silex and other glass vacuum coffee makers. If you don't thoroughly enjoy it, your money refunded. Edwards coffee is featured at all Safeway stores. Down the corridor from the newsroom is the food editor's department, off which is a small kitchen. It's a favorite rendezvous for Hal and Bobby when they haven't time to go out for a mid-evening refresher cup of coffee. And that's where we find them now, with Bobby, as they say in the society columns, presiding at the urn. There you are, boss. Steaming hot and fresh from the old Edwards jar. Ah, thanks, son. That's just what I needed. And one for Bobby. Mm Mm-hmm. Now... What's this story you said you had for me? Well, I didn't say I had a story for you. Well, you just as good as said it. You mentioned a letter you got from some kid who's just out of the army. Said it'd make a swell human interest feature if we could use it, so quit being shy and tell me. <laughs> now, what was in the letter isn't exactly a story, Bob. It's more a glimpse of what happened deep inside a boy who came home from the war with all his standards changed and not knowing quite what to do about it. Something that may be happening to a lot of young fellows. You see... Harve didn't set any exact time for his arrival home. The folks would meet him at the depot if he did, and he wanted the two-mile hike out to the farm to clear his mind for the task ahead of him, if he could, to find the words for the news he had for them, the news that he wasn't coming back to stay. (laughs) After all, it didn't matter much how he said it, it was going to be a knockout punch for them, whatever words he used. Probably Mom would cry, and Dad, he'd listen and nod his head, but... Back of the stolid way he had of accepting whatever blows life saved up for him, he'd be hurt as he'd never been hurt before. If only they wouldn't ask him why. That's what he dreaded. But there wasn't any explaining. How could a mother who'd prayed for you every night through the inch-by-inch terror from North Africa across Sicily up through Italy and finally along that flaming road to Belfort Gap understand what you meant when you told her that, that home wasn't the same to you anymore? 
Or tell the father who'd lived for the day when his boy was old enough to take over the farm on his own that that you weren't coming back to that treadmill of drudgery whose cleats were made of interminable chores, always walking in one place, never getting anywhere. He stopped by the gate, looking toward the yellow glow of light that poured from the windows, feeling a queer little warmth steal over him, remembering how he'd stood there looking back at it the night he left for the train that was to start him toward the induction center. <laughs> Three years hadn't changed it any. He pushed open the gate, and it sagged a little on the hinge. Yeah, yeah, that was the same, too. He smiled softly. Then his lips tightened. Oh, sure, it was the same. Things never changed. That's what he wanted to get away from. He started up the path. There was a movement on the porch. A low growl that broke into sharp barking. It stopped as he spoke the one word, Shep! Then rose again in a series of delighted yelps as a shaggy form hurtled through the night toward him. For a moment, the dog was jumping all over him, voicing wild delight that brought a lump to his throat as the boy dug his fingers into the shaggy coat. Now something pressed against his leg, and he looked down to see Long Tom, the cat, looking up at him with shining eyes and uttering throaty little rumbles of purring. What made him feel this way? This was just Shep and Long Tom acting as they always acted, and they were part of the treadmill, too, part of the sameness he meant to escape. Then... They were there. First mom, seeing him from the open doorway, running toward him, her glad cry hurrying on before her. And now dad coming around a corner of the house with a welcoming shout, trying to cover the tremble in his voice with brusque masculine joviality. Both talking at once, finally leading him toward the house while Shep bounded along beside them. They did most of the talking at the supper table, asking a thousand questions to which he made quiet, burdensome answers as he picked at the food for which he found no appetite. Above everything, he must keep remembering. His first night in a hotel, his first dinner in a cafe, his first theater, and above all, those weekend leaves at Tom Lydon's home, with cocktails and hors d'oeuvre in the living room, and then Tom's folks all dressed for dinner in the sparkling dining room, and, and Tom's mother at the end of the table, her hair a wavy crown of silver, her hands soft and white as lily petals tipped with crimson, I'll remember those things and draw courage from remembrance for the task ahead of him. He waited until supper was over, keeping his eyes down as he tightened himself for the plunge. No use stalling, blurt it out, hit him in the face with it, get it over with. But, look, Mom and Dad. His own voice seemed remote from him. There's something I gotta tell you, and maybe it's gonna hurt you. It isn't that you aren't the swellest folks a guy ever had, but, well, you see... His voice trailed a silence, a moment of awful stillness, like just before a barrage. Then his father's hand cupped over his. <laughs> sure, son. Mother and I understand. Now his mother's hand on his arm. We could read between the lines of your letters, son. You aren't coming back to the farm. He looked up, eyes blurred with amazement. Dad wasn't solemn or crowding back a hurt. He was smiling gently. And Mom wasn't crying. She was smiling, too. And, and there was a sort of quiet glory in her face. And maybe her hair wasn't a wavy crown of silver or her hands white and tipped with crimson. But there was something about her. Something that... The talk flowed easily into other channels. What they would do while he was there. Pheasant hunting with Dad. Visits to the neighbors with Mom. Evening chats in front of the fire about what he planned to do. 
He went into the parlor while Mother was doing the dishes and Dad went out to finish a few chores, flipping on the radio half angrily. A rhythmic flood pulsed through the room. Yeah, he remembered the night he saw that band. New York night spot. Yeah, tune it up loud. Maybe that would jar this strange feeling out of him. Brasses, drums, saxes, hit it, boys. Play it out. That's my world talking. That's what I'm coming back to. He wasn't even aware that he'd snapped it off and slammed out into the night, walking blindly through the orchard down toward the creek, until he stopped beside a big oak tree leaning against it, strangely shaken. The scrape of the rough bark brought him back to reality. What was it? What was it Dad had once said to him as a small boy one morning after a storm that had blown down other trees? Well, the old oak isn't hurt. <laughs> Takes more than a storm to knock it off its base. Its roots grow deep. Yeah, and that was the trouble with him now. He could feel the depth of his roots. It was all tangled in remembering the water wheel he built in the creek in the time he fell out of the cherry tree and broke his arm in the hoot of owls and the scurrying of furry things through dry leaves in rich deep smells, and with thunderclap suddenness, the realization came to him. He had to get away from it now, tonight, now or never. He sat on his bed in his old room, his hand rubbing over the patchwork quilt that had been there since he was a kid. It wasn't a satiny, tufted puff comforter like the one in Tom Lydon's home, but there was something good to the touch in the feel of it. He could hear Mom and Dad talking quietly in their room, then Dad's shoes falling to the floor the creak of the bed springs, and finally, deep, regular breathing with just the hint of a snore. He stood up, jaws set grimly, and moved toward the door, his canvas bag in his hand. At the kitchen door, he hesitated. He ought to leave a note of some kind, but, oh, no, they'd understand. Write him a long letter from the city explaining. Later, when he got settled in the job Mr. Lydon had promised him, he could stake him to a trip and a visit with him. The door creaked mournfully when he opened it. As in those days when he came sneaking home late from a country dance. Yeah, always vowed he'd fix it someday. Oh, well, it was too late now. It didn't matter anyway. He started on, but the way was blocked. Shep was standing there looking up at him, tail wagging, and Long Tom was brushing by him, mewing softly. They always did that, too, when he came home late, mooching a last goodnight snack. Oh, well, the heck with him. He'd have to dog trot part of the way to catch that 10.30 train as it was. Unconsciously, his glance swung back to the kitchen, and a little tremble ran over him. Yeah, there it was, in the moonlight, falling across the table. Pitcher of milk and a plate of cookies, set out by Mom, just as she always used to. Well, it wouldn't take but a minute, and he was sort of hungry, and, and it wouldn't be fair to her not to show he remembered. He didn't realize how much time had passed with Long Tom at his feet lapping milk from the saucer and Shep begging for morsels of cookie with uplifted muzzle. The faraway cry of the train whistle, wandering lonely through the night, brought him back to himself. He was on his feet, yanking the bag from the floor. He couldn't possibly make it now, and... What was the matter with him? He... He didn't want to make it. The roots... The roots, they were holding him there. The deep roots that drew happiness from the soil and turned it into the sap of everlasting strength. They had held through the storm of his homecoming. And through the hot blur in his eyes, Harv was glad. He tried to tiptoe by the open door, but he knew the whisper would come, as it always had. That you, Harvey? 
Yes, Mom. Did you put Long Tom and Shep outdoors again? Yes, Mom. Good night, son. I'll see you in the morning. And I'll see you in the morning, too, Mom. Good night. thrill for our boys when they leave the service and come home to the old familiar things, things you and I may take for granted, such as the good cup of coffee mother makes. Yes, these little comforts really have their importance. And that's why I'd like to recommend Edward's Coffee to you, because I'm sure Edward's Coffee has something exceptional to offer in the way of coffee enjoyment, a keener taste satisfaction, an extra flavor lift that's really delightful. Of course, there's a reason for this. Every pound of Edwards coffee is made by the exclusive Edwards formula to bring out all the goodness of Latin America's choicest coffees. The coffee beans themselves are carefully selected for size, color, even shape. They're blended with special care in small batches by flavor, not by weight, then thermal roasted to a perfect golden brown. And just when flavor is at its very finest, the roast is ground and immediately packed under high pressure. Try Edward's coffee, won't you? If you're not thoroughly satisfied, your money refunded. Edward's coffee is featured at all Safeway stores. Now, Hal, after tonight's appealing story, what's ahead for us when we visit the newsroom next week? It's a murder mystery yarn. Story of a reporter who turned detective to trap a killer. The one man in a thousand who might have fired the shot. And that's what I call the story. One in a thousand. A yarn of drama and action that I think will bring our night editor friends a few thrills. Be seeing you in the newsroom next week. Good night. Join us again next week when the roar of the presses brings us night editor with Hal Burdick telling us another of his dramatic short stories. This is Bill Baldwin saying good night for Edwards Coffee. This is a national broadcasting company.